Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Theme Park Center. Uh, my name is Jonathan Holt, and today uh, I'm actually going to be doing this podcast solo. I know it's kind of crazy. We've only done one of these episodes before where it's just me, but uh, that, that's how it is going to be today. Um, today is an interesting podcast because uh, there, there actually isn't a whole lot of news to talk about this week. But fear not, I'm sure we will find something to talk about. Uh, so welcome to the waffling episode where we waffle for an hour straight. You know, we just go rabbit trail after rabbit trail. I, I, I'm good at that, I suppose. I know, I'm just joking. Uh, we actually are going to be talking about a few different things, uh, and we're just going to see where the conversation goes. It's just going to be a fun episode, guys. Um, but yeah, there's a ton that we could talk about, uh, even though there wasn't much news in terms of like announcements for theme parks or that sort of thing. Uh, there were a few things that happened. Well, so personally speaking, uh, this week I did go to SeaWorld for like the first time in, I don't know, a year and a half, maybe two years even. It's been a while. Uh, that vlog is out now on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't yet checked out our YouTube channel, uh, check the show notes below this episode uh, for links to that. Uh, we had a really fun, good time. We rode the roller coasters, saw some of the shows, we gave you our thoughts, our reviews, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm sure I'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, but there was also some other things that happened this week. Uh, for instance, uh, so Disney just opened the, the Skyliner, jeez, uh, what was it, a week ago now? So yeah, it's only been open a week. And guests have reportedly already been stuck in the Skyliners for multiple, uh, for, a, for a long period of time. Uh, in case you were unaware, just a few days ago, uh, the Disney Skyliner gondola system was actually stuck for three hours. Um, so I'm sure we can find a lot to talk about there. Interesting enough, uh, so th this episode, by the way, guys, is going to be a whole lot of, like, your feedback. I would love it if you guys uh, headed over to our Instagram or our Facebook and really connected with us, uh, put comments on our post, uh, letting us know what you guys think about the topics that we're talking about today. Uh, I would love some of your feedback, and maybe we can even start a conversation, a dialogue, because obviously I love talking about theme parks. It's the reason why we do this podcast, and hopefully you guys enjoy talking about theme parks as well. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? The gondola system uh, failing and stranding, geez, I don't even know how many people, uh, for three hours, reportedly, uh, and this is, I, I personally haven't seen these pictures, uh, I've just heard people talk about them, and there have been several, several, several sites that uh, have reported on this as well, so... Uh, so it, it's more likely true than, than rumors, but it, it still could be rumors and hearsay. Uh, but apparently a few guests even took photos of some of the Skyliner gondolas uh, backed up in the station where there was, uh, like, they were hanging at, like, a weird angle and uh, there was glass on the ground underneath them. Now, Disney hasn't really uh, confirmed or denied uh, that story, but what they are saying is that the gondola system, uh, the Skyliner, stopped because of a power outage. Uh, not because someone got hurt. In fact, they said no one got hurt. Uh, there was no injuries that they reported. Um, 
and they did have to evac a few people, but they said that no one was injured in the process, which is amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious, uh, how, what happened with those gondolas? Uh, did they collide because of a power outage or did they shut down the gondola system because, uh, there was a collision? It's really interesting. Um, you know, I personally haven't ridden them yet. Uh, I know a few people that have rode them. Uh, Trisha, the other uh, host of this podcast, usually, uh, she's been on them. Uh, I'm planning on checking them out probably next week, the week after, at the absolute latest. Um, But I've seen videos, like on-ride videos, of this uh, Skyliner. And one thing that I did note from the beginning was, wow, those gondolas like fly into the station super fast uh and they get super close to each other like it's actually kind of like nerve-wracking how close they get to each other when they pull into the station uh so i was wondering like yeah if you know something were to happen like uh yeah it's just it seemed inevitable but i didn't think it would happen this soon where one actually does collide with the one in front of it I did notice that there is actually a significant amount of padding uh, on the corners of the gondolas. I, I'm assuming that's in case there is an impact. But yeah, it looked like one of the windows busted on one of the gondolas. And they even said that it looked like the gondolas were hanging at an odd angle, which that that's kind of nerve-wracking. But what I want to ask you guys, have you been on the Skyliner yet? Is that something that you're excited to try out? Or is news like this... Uh, nerve-wracking and scary to you uh like are you planning on using it or are you going to steer away from that and continue to use the bus system and uh other methods of transportation such as the friendship boats and that sort of thing that connect epcot and hollywood studios and some of the hotels as well um Super curious to know your thoughts on all of that. So, again, head over to our Instagram and our Facebook page and all that. Uh, start a conversation. I would love to hear from you guys. Is this something that scares you? Or is it just, you know, like normal operations in a park? Uh, personally, I've never been scared of any theme park attraction just because I know how much uh, safety precautions go into these things. It's like, if you think about it, uh, roller coasters actually are one of the most safe methods of transportation. It's like, if you think about it, how many times does a coaster go around a track every single day and then every single year? And how many times has that roller coaster actually like had an issue? And how many times of that issue has someone actually been injured? It's like the, the fraction or the percentage is so low that it's uh, basically ne- negligible. It's like... Um, I don't know. I've I've never been afraid of theme park attractions just because there are so many safety precautions uh, that are set in place. And in some rides, it's literally physically impossible for some of these rides to actually collide. Now, it, it's different with the gondola system uh, because it's not like a roller coaster where they have like mag- magnetic brakes that stop it from rolling anywhere when the brakes are up. You know, like it's nothing like that. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, the gondola system's kind of strange to me. I Personally, you know, everyone, their big concern was there's no AC in these gondolas. It's going to be super hot. Uh, and then everyone who has been on the gondolas 
uh, have gotten off saying, you know, it's totally fine. It's actually like when you're up there and the wind's blowing, it's actually pretty nice. Uh, and my response has been, well, yeah, that's because they opened it in September. <laughs> and it's currently October now. So, of course, it feels nice when you're in the shade and there's breeze. Wait until July or August uh, of next year when that hits. That's going to be the true test. Personally, um, I, I, I'm still on the page of, like, they're going to have to put AC in the gondolas at some point, or they're just going to have to run them seasonally. Because uh, even though it is hot outside right now, if you stand in the shade and there's a breeze, it actually feels really nice outside right now. So uh, when you're in the shade of the gondola and you're up in the air, uh, just flying through the air with all that breeze coming in, uh, yeah, of course it's going to feel really nice. So I think it, it's going to be running very smoothly right now, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of kinks to work out by the time the spring or you, you know the summer hits next year, because I, I'm still not convinced. Uh, I will definitely ride the Skyliner at this point in the year and really try to enjoy it as much as I can, because I'm not holding up my hopes any, uh, for it to, to be rideable in the summer. They say it's going to be, uh, and everyone seems to have relaxed on that now that they've been on it, but, I mean, it we're in fall. <laughs> and even though it's still hot in Florida during the fall time, it's still, uh, you know, it's still a lot, like, significantly cooler than it is in the summer. Uh, the summer, it's unbelievable how hot it can be here. Uh, like it, you step outside and it's just, it, it actually blows your mind <laughs> at how hot it is. Um, and even though it's hot right now, it is not mind blowingly hot right now. Uh, so I think people, even, even people like me who have lived here their entire life, it, it it's easy to forget how hot it gets in the summer when it's fall time and it's still kind of toasty outside. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that, that's the, the Skyliner. Uh, really interesting news about that. Um, apparently, yeah, like I said, they got stuck for three hours and they've said that, um, they were actually, let's see if I can find the number. By the way, um, I'm, am reading an article off of themeparkinsider.com. So if you ever want to get, uh, some, really good up-to-date news about theme parks in general uh, in article form. They do some great articles on that site. Okay, yeah, they didn't they didn't list a number. They just said many riders opened emergency packs. But yeah, in the gondolas, they have emergency packs underneath your bench seat. Uh, and in there, they do have water bottles, which is great. Because, yes, if the system stops for three hours and you're outside in Florida, uh, yeah, you're going to be sweating and you're definitely going to need water. So it's good that they had that in place, uh, and I'm glad that people had that to, to use. They said that Disney did compensate uh, the riders of the Skyliner with free day uh, park passes as well as gift cards. Um, so it's good that they had some uh, compensation because three hours is a long time, and that really sucks. Uh, getting stuck on a ride for 15, 20 minutes, that sucks. Imagine three hours. Uh, so I'm glad everyone was safe. That's the important part. Um, but yeah, let, let me know if you guys are uh, weary of the Skyliner now or if you are still happy that it, it it's a thing at Disney. 
There's one more piece of interesting theme park news that I want to talk about. Since it is theme park center, I know we do uh, try to focus our, the, the majority, if not everything, of what we talk about on the Orlando parks, just because that's where we're located. Th those are the parks that we go to on a consistent basis. Those are the ones that we keep up with, and those are the ones that we love the most. Uh, but since we are not Orlando Theme Park Center, we are just, you know, Theme Park Center, uh, I thought, hey, why not mention this? Um, interesting story about, um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to uh, Cedar Point or any of the Six Flags Park or even Knott's Berry Farm or um, King's Dominion, but those are just a handful of parks that I, I just listed off that are Cedar Fair and uh, Six Flags. And those are obviously two separate companies. But what if they weren't? Uh, there's interesting reports that have come out recently saying that uh, Six Flags actually made an offer to buy out Cedar Fair, uh, which Cedar Fair is the, the overall company that owns parks like Cedar Point or Knott's Berry Farm or uh, King's Dominion, those kind of parks. Um, and this news actually has a lot of theme park fans or amusement park fans because they are more of an amusement park kind of uh, place opposed to a theme park. Um, but they kind of like balance the line. So so finally, uh, they're technically theme parks. Uh, so we shall talk about it. But um, yeah, th this definitely has a whole lot of fans concerned for their dear beloved parks. Unfortunately, we don't have any Cedar Fair or Six Flag Parks in Orlando, so uh, this wouldn't directly impact us all too much, uh, but if you are a theme park fan and you love to travel, and when you travel, you go to these different theme parks that are in that area, such as myself, every time I go on vacation, I always take at least one day out of that vacation to visit whatever theme park is closest to my destination, so... Uh, and because of that, I have been to several Cedar Fair parks, and I have been to several Six Flag parks. Uh, and I really enjoyed both of them equally, but of course they are very two different style of parks. Um, one of the things that I love about Cedar Fair is they uh, really focus on the parks. They uh, really focus on the attractions that they put in the parks, uh, making each park a unique and individual park. Like Cedar Point... It's a completely different park than King's Dominion. And if you've ever been to the two, you know what I'm talking about. Same thing with uh, Cedar Point and uh, Knott's Berry Farm. Those, the, uh, those parks are very different and have their own charm, and they have their own spirit to them. Where Six Flags, on the other hand, I, I love Six Flags, but they really do take uh, these parks, and uh, they I don't know if homogenizing them is the right word. Uh, I suppose it is, but they really... Uh, say, okay, we're going to take this ride model and we're going to put it in like 10 of our parks. <laughs> and uh, you take that kind of mindset and move it 10, 10 years down the, the road and now you have uh, those 10 parks that are looking very, very similar because all of the newer attractions are the same attractions that are, are in every park. Uh, Batman the Ride, anyone? Uh, if you know, if you've been to Six Flags, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there, there are a ton of coasters in Six Flags that uh, you can ride at one park and go to the next Six Flags park, and you don't even have to bother with it because you, you've already done it. 
but I mean, that happens everywhere. Uh, look at Tigris at Bush Gardens. They have uh, that same exact ride is Tempesto, temp, Tempesto, Tempestro, Tempesto. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Uh, in Bush Gardens, Williamsburg in Virginia. So same ride, uh, different name. And of course, I believe, I believe there are two SeaWorld parks that have i i could be wrong with that i i i'm more familiar with bush gardens than i am sea world uh but i believe there are also two sea world parks that have uh that that ride model that tigris is as well don't quote me on that i could be wrong um so there all these other parks do uh kind of copy the the uh, ride systems occasionally um so it's not unheard of, but Six Flags definitely does it the most out of everyone. Um, so when it comes to this news of Six Flags apparently reached out to Cedar Fair and offered to buy them, uh, a lot of fans were up in arms about that because uh, they, they don't really want to see the style of running the par- these parks uh, combine. Uh, as much as people love Six Flags, it is a completely different experience than if you went to a Cedar Fair Park, and vice versa. As much as people love Cedar Fair Parks, uh, the experience is very different than one of a Six Flags. Um, and I personally enjoy both of them very much. Uh, so it would definitely be interesting to see if these, what would happen if these two big companies uh, merged. Uh, of course, Cedar Fair would uh, dissolve and Six Flags would uh, absorb uh, all of their uh, entities, such as their board and everything. It's uh, interesting. Their art, this article says that they reportedly offered $4 billion uh, cash and stock offer to obtain the theme park chain. Uh, that is quite a bit of money, $4 billion. Uh, but of course, I mean, we are talking about theme parks here and not just one theme park. We're talking about a chain of theme parks. Uh, so $4 billion honestly seems like a fair offer. Uh, they said that when you break it down, the bid would work out to about $70 a share, uh, which, and I'm reading this again off of Theme Park Insider. So uh, thank you guys for writing this amazing article. Go check them out. I'm not trying to uh, st- steal this off of them. Uh, I want to give them as much credit as I possibly can. But the article does say uh, the bid worked out to about $70 a share, which was a substantial increase over the $58 a share, which Cedar Fair uh, is currently trading at right now, or, uh, well, at least before the the deal was proposed. So, uh, yeah, an extra $12 a share, that's actually quite a lot, especially when you're talking about a huge corporation like this uh, that has hundreds of thousands, if not millions of shares. So um, that's quite a bit of a deal, but uh, it seems like Cedar Fair, uh, based off of the way that they run their company and the tax breaks and uh, all this accounting stuff just goes way over my head, but apparently the board declined the offer because uh, even though the $70 was uh, quite substantially higher than the $58 that their shares run for now, um, apparently they would actually be uh, personally uh, hit, making a loss from the deal, uh, just from the way that tax breaks and 
that that sort of thing works, from my understanding at least. So uh, that's very interesting. And again, guys, I turn this over to you. I really want to know what your thoughts are on this piece of news because even though we don't have a Cedar Fair or Six Flags Park in Orlando, um, these are parks that if we uh, if we end up traveling, uh, you probably most likely will visit one of these parks because they uh, operate all across the U.S. and uh, are very often the closest places that you can go. Uh, you know, you go to New York, just down the street is Six Flags New Jersey. You go to California to hit up uh, the endless amount of attractions that are in California. There's Six Flags over there, but they also have Knott's Berry Farm over there, uh, which is a huge destination in California as well. Uh, and of course, that is Cedar Fair. So um, yeah, it would be very interesting. Um, one of the things that this Theme Park Insider uh, article did point out is that, you know, oftentimes when uh, someone reaches out to make a deal for acquisition. If that deal gets turned down, um, a counter offer gets made. Uh, or another company says, oh, hey, they, they're considering deals. Uh, how about we throw our hat in the ring? Uh, when you're talking movie studios, you saw this happen with 20th, 20th Century Fox. The news got out that Disney was trying to buy Fox, so Comcast stepped in. Warner Brothers stepped in. Warner Brothers dropped out. Comcast, uh, who owns Universal, by the way, uh, stepped up even more and basically went from, I think it was like a 20-something billion dollar acquisition, uh, brought it all the way up to like 75 or something. Um, yes. Uh, uh, sorry, I just had to look up the, the article real quick. But yeah, uh, it was roughly about $71.3 billion. So that is a huge increase uh, from the original offer. So you never know. Uh, negotiations are probably still on the table between these. And it seems like uh, based off of how Six Flags operationally runs their parks, that's the reason why they're trying to, uh, to acquire more parks right now. Uh, so you, you never know. Maybe you even see a offer come up and say, Hey, okay, maybe we don't buy Cedar fair as a whole, but, uh, what would you say about Knott's Berry farm? Huh? Uh, we'll offer you X amount of money for just knots or, uh, you know, you know, uh, just something along those lines. So of course, if, uh, more information drops on this, we'll let you know, even though it is not, uh, specifically Orlando-based, uh, it is something that could potentially affect us. Uh, and you never know. Uh, Orlando is never done developing, so maybe Six Flags does come to Florida at some point. Maybe Cedar Fair does come to, uh, to Florida at some point. Uh, not anytime soon, but, uh, but maybe in the future. Uh, also, one quick note, if uh, since we did bring up New York and we are talking about other Florida parks, uh, Legoland is another Florida park. Um, I actually have never had the chance to make it out there. Uh, last time I was there, it was still Cypress Gardens. So if that, that tells you how long it's been since I've been out there. Um, last time I was there, it was still Cypress Gardens, and that was years before it ever turned into Legoland. Uh, but I am very interested to go back out there and check out Legoland. I hear that it is basically the same exact park as Cypress Gardens, just Lego-themed, uh, which is interesting. I don't know if that's a cool or a like a cool thing if it's a bad thing I, I don't know but i would definitely be interested to go out there uh legoland just announced the other day that they are opening a legoland in new york that would be the third park uh in the usa that they have so uh 
yeah, I, I don't really want to get into that too much just because, you know, I haven't been to uh, the Legoland in Florida. And, uh, of course, this is a park that's not in the Orlando area. But thoughts on a postcard about that? Uh, I, I really do want to know what you guys think about uh, that news. Are you interested in checking out this park? Uh, you know, New York is just a short flight away. And Legoland actually does offer a... Uh, pass for all of their Legoland parks, so you can obviously use it as a pass to get into the one in Florida, but it would also mean that you have no ticket uh, purchase requiry to go to New York. You can just get right in with that pass that you already have for Florida. So, uh, of course, that's not every pass. That is uh, one specific kind of pass. It's like their top-tier pass. So, uh, how, how does that news sit with you guys? Are you excited? Are you intrigued? Uh, I would be interested to checking it out. Um, but personally, I don't think it would be a park that uh, if I traveled to New York, I don't think it's a park that I would go out of my way to go to. You know, uh, Last time I was in New York, I did make a conscious effort to take a day out of the trip uh, just to go to Six Flags, New Jersey. Uh, it, that is a very well worth trip, by the way. Six Flags, New Jersey is a fantastic park uh one of the best six flags parks out there in my opinion but legoland in new york uh it definitely sounds like a great idea a great park it's supposed to be one of their largest parks uh if not their largest i don't know i don't know i know it's supposed to be one of their largest parks um definitely sounds like a great idea on their side of things uh but uh, since it's not located in Florida or California, uh, it is their only seasonal park in the U.S., meaning there is a seasonal part of the year where the park will be closed due to uh, the cold weather and that sort of thing. Because their other park is in California and in Florida, uh, the weather is so, uh, like, well, it's at least warm enough year-round that they don't have to close. Uh, so that's another interesting tidbit about that. Uh, I would be very interested to hear your thoughts on that. Are you guys wanting to check that park out? Is that a hard pass? Are you sold? Let us know. And again, hop over to Instagram and Facebook. That's just at theme park center FL. Again, all those links in the description. Um, but let's talk about SeaWorld real quick. I know I teased this up top. We did go to SeaWorld uh, Trisha and I uh, did check out SeaWorld the other day. And again, if you want to hear like our uh, thoughts on all the attractions, uh, thoughts on the shows and everything that we saw, uh, go check out our vlog. Uh, it was definitely a very fun one to make. I'm really interested to see how it performs because this is our first vlog from SeaWorld. I know it doesn't have as big of a market as a park such as Disney or Universal, but it is still a fun park, and I think it actually gets a lot of bad rep for what it is. Uh, I think it's it's a really great park with uh, a lot of heart behind it, a lot, a lot of soul. There's something for everyone there for thrill rides, family rides, uh, kid rides, uh, as well as uh, just some amazing entertainment that is both educational and uh, a lot of fun to witness. Um, I, I actually really enjoy SeaWorld. But yeah, one of the best parts of our day was just how quiet the park was. Uh, like I said in the past few vlogs that we've done, uh, September, October, November, uh, or at least the first half of November, it's the very, those are the best points in the year to go to theme parks. Get, like, if you live in Orlando or you're planning on a... Com 
coming to Orlando and visiting the parks, uh, plan your trip or get a pass around uh, just this September, October, beginning of November season of the year because you're not going to be able to find wait times at these parks like you can right now. Uh, Literally at SeaWorld, everything was a walk-on. The only time we waited for a coaster was at the very beginning of the day we kicked off on Manta because Manta, you know, it's the the first ride right when you walk in the park. It's the big coaster. It's probably the best coaster there. Well, it is the best coaster in my opinion there. Um, but subjective, I, I would love to hear you, your guys' thoughts on what's the best coaster out there. Um, but for me, Manta's my favorite, hands down. Love that ride. But yeah, that was the only time we actually had to wait because it was the very beginning of the day. I was actually nervous going into it because we waited in line just to get into the park. Like we went through back check and everything. Like we got past security. We just got up to the gate where we had to get our uh, ticket, you know, scanned or whatever to go in. Uh, just that had a massively ridiculous line. Uh, so I was worried at the beginning of the day going in like, oh no, it's going to be crazy today. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, we hit up Manta. We probably only waited 15 minutes. It was marked as 25. We probably only really waited about 15 minutes. It wasn't a bad wait, but that was the only ride that we actually waited for the entire day. Um, we did uh, Kraken. We did Mako. We did... We literally did all the the main attractions there. We did Journey to Atlantis, of course. I think the only main attraction that we skipped was Wild Arctic, uh, and that's just because uh, I don't know. I'm just it's just a old, outdated ride, really. I don't know. I just remember the last few times I rode that ride, I really didn't enjoy it that much, and uh, given that it's a year and a half, two years later, uh, and they haven't really as far as I know, they haven't really like refurbished that ride, uh, too much. Uh, I, I just didn't really care too much to go on it, but we did check out all the other rides and literally all the other rides were walk on. Like I, it was kind of strange at some points too. Like it was so dead that I walked all the way through the queue line for journey to Atlantis, literally did not see a single person got up to the, the load in area. And there was like two other people there, uh, and there was only like one employee and they were like check like they were the ones checking the lap restraints. So like there wasn't even anyone like guiding you where to go. It was like really weird. So I was like, uh, hi, I guess I'll stand here next to you. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, but uh, that I actually had some interesting thoughts on uh, rides like Journey to Atlantis and Kraken, specifically those two. Uh, so. Uh, seriously, you guys should uh, go check out the vlog because I uh, I had some interesting thoughts about those rides. Uh, I, I really enjoy them, but the way that those rides have changed just in the last year or so uh, are very interesting, and uh, I don't know if they're for the better or for the worse. Uh, and I, For some of the changes that they've made, uh, I really do understand, but others I don't understand. Um, such as like getting rid of VR from Kraken. I totally get that. I rode the VR, I rode Kraken with the VR last time I was there and I did it, uh, twice with it on and once with it off just so I could really get a comparison and thoughts on 
the VR, and uh, although the VR was very, uh, it was a very cool idea, and I know other coasters have done it, and uh, honestly, I don't think any of the coasters have done it well, I think, since pretty much all the coasters that offer VR have taken it off. Uh, I wonder why, but um, it, it was a really cool concept, right? Like, the video was cool, it was like, uh, you know, if you're in a perfect world, where you don't have to worry a thing about, uh, where you don't have to worry about things like uh, taking the headsets off of someone and then loading someone in and having to put that same headset on. So obviously you're going to have to clean it and everything. Um, if you didn't have to worry about things like that, or the fact that you're on a roller coaster that is super intense, so uh, the G forces are insane and you're wearing this big clunky box on the front of your face like if you didn't have to worry about any of that stuff like you're in a perfect world vr would be amazing on roller coasters but the fact is uh we're we're in a the the real world where those things do exist so um i totally understand why they got rid of the vr um it, it makes the load in process so much smoother uh and they actually were able to they were only running one car which was kind of weird. Uh, I mean, I get it because it was a slower day, but uh, that's actually, uh, fun fact for you, Kraken is actually the longest floorless B&M coaster uh, in the world right now. It's over a mile long of track, and I think it runs in at like 4,125 feet or something, something close like that. Uh, It's 4,000-something. but It's the world's longest floorless B&M coaster, so it's a long long ride uh it's a really good ride too it's kraken is literally like the greatest hits of the b&m uh floorless coasters you know you have like an emelman loop you have uh two just normal loops you have a cobra roll you have a uh uh zero g uh corkscrew roll you know like it's uh there are a lot of really fantastic elements in that coaster uh it's literally like the greatest hits mashup it's a lot of fun but because of that, it is, uh, it, it, there are a lot of G-forces on that ride. Uh, and it's old, too. It opened in 2000. So it is 19 years old, almost 20 years old. Uh, so because of that, uh, it's a very rough ride, too. Older B&Ms are not very smooth uh, to this day. So uh, B&M has actually gotten a lot better with uh, making smooth rides. I think they're newer coasters are surprisingly very very smooth some of the smoothest rides out there honestly um but uh their older b&m coasters are wow they are rough rides like you're talking kraken uh montu uh actually Montu's not too bad it depends on where you ride montu uh but kumba oh wow like that is rough uh the hulk uh they obviously had to uh, completely refurbished the Hulk because that ride was so rough. Uh, that was actually more Universal's fault because uh, the, the, they didn't really maintain the ride in the way that B&M had uh, requested them to, so they had to do a whole refurbishing process. But the fact that you know it was so bad that they had to refurbish the entire ride, and by refurbish, I mean demolish it and rebuild it from scratch, basically. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it was a huge project for them 
But going back to Kraken with the VR, you, you take all those factors in with uh, the G-forces and just how rough the ride is. And, of course, you can see how having this massive clunky box on your face is an issue. Uh, I always struggled with keeping mine on my, like, just on my face uh, because it was either getting pushed down so far that it was coming off, like, over my nose and off my face, or it was getting pushed up and coming like off my head almost uh so i had to ride the coaster with my hands on this vr box which totally takes the illusion out of it and if you've ever done vr before you know that uh these vr box like the the goggles on your face have to be situated on your face just right because if they're not and they're not calculated to your your pid perfectly and everything the the your vision's going to be really blurry so I always struggled to get uh, Kraken's VR to look clear uh, and stay on my head. So I get why they took that one off. Um, and I honestly, I think that was the right move. Uh, it definitely sucks because, of course, they rethemed Kraken to be this more modern, uh, almost like techno-industrial, like futuristic uh, kind of vibe to it uh, that fit the VR perfectly. Uh, the VR was really cool, uh, but just it didn't play out well uh, in the real world. Uh, they actually did release videos online of the Kraken VR. So if you're interested in seeing what the VR was, uh, you can actually watch a video of the actual uh, like they just rendered out the video and posted it on YouTube or whatever. Um, so you can check that out if you're curious. Uh, it was cool, but I totally get why they did it. Uh, it improved load and unload time. Um, pr the cost of uh, having to clean those things every single round uh, was probably very high. Uh, of course, you're talking about the longer it takes to load a vehicle is the, the more expense that you have to pay uh, in salary and wages and all that. Uh, so I, I totally get it. And when I wrote it, there were times where it was like me and maybe like two or three other people that were using VR. Everyone else opted out of using VR. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's a concept that theme parks will come back to in maybe like five years where VR has been perfected a little bit more because, uh, people are saying that VR is a fad, but I'm telling you guys, VR is here to stay. Uh, especially when you're, and I know we're, I'm going on a rabbit trail here, but that's what I said up front. We're going, we're taking these trails. Uh, but, um, like, especially with games like Vader and mortal, uh, which just released episode two. I'm so excited to play it. I've heard great things. Um, uh, but episode one was fantastic. And it seems like episode two has really stepped up its game even higher. No pun intended, stepped up its game. But, uh, like I'm telling you with that and a handful of other VR games that I've played, VR is here to stay. It's not a fad. People love this technology, and I only see this technology growing and expanding to eventually where it's going to be a household item, uh, much as a PlayStation or Xbox is today. Uh, give it five, ten years, of course. It's not going to happen overnight, but I think when you finally get to that point uh, where VR is that readily accessible, but it's also that much of a household staple uh, where it's uh, people, where you don't have to win people over anymore, where it's not a fad. It's just a, uh, it's a piece of technology that exists, <laughs> you know, and people would really want to use it. Uh, then I think theme parks probably will 
revisit this idea of VR because um, it's a really cool concept. I just don't think the tech is quite there yet because, yeah, managing to keep that on your face on a intense roller coaster was not that easy, nor was it pleasant. <laughs> uh, very obnoxious. So um, I get that. Journey to Atlantis, though, on the other hand, uh, is a different story, uh, meaning there is no story. Uh, I don't quite understand the changes that they made to that ride. Um, basically, it's the same ride, except they changed some of the music, and they completely took out the story element of the ride. Um, now, it's been so long since I've ridden uh, Journey to Atlantis, uh, it's kind of hard for me to remember the story off the top of my head, uh, but I remember, you know, like Medusa was narrating it and everything. There's a big Medusa head that that's there right before the lift hill, and it used to light up, and she would say something, and you'd go up the lift hill, and... Uh, it was like this big thing, you know, uh, now none of that happens. They, uh, took out the Beetlejuice theme song, which I think was there from the beginning. I'm not too sure, but I do specifically remember there being the Beetlejuice theme song in there. Uh, they took that out. They replaced it with some like Indian hip hop kind of sound soundtrack. It's, uh, I'm actually not a huge fan of the, the new music that they put in there, uh, but they completely got rid of the story. I just, I don't understand why they did it. Um, if you guys know, please let, let me know, because I am very interested in learning uh, the reasoning behind this, because to me, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, it's not like operational cost or anything. It's literally just a, they wanted to make a change, so the change that they made was to rip out the story of their attraction, it just does not make sense to me. Uh, that being said, though, I still really enjoyed Journey to Atlantis. Uh, it's just, it's very much more uh, a float-through attraction opposed to a story attraction. It went from contending with some of the rides that Disney and Universal has to uh, just accepting the fact that it's at SeaWorld. You know, uh, it, it really went from a attraction that, was very memorable and uh, put a flag in the ground for SeaWorld saying, no, we're here to stay. Uh, you know, Disney, Universal, I know you're just down the street, but we're playing in this game too. Uh, that was like SeaWorld's first big attraction to say, we are a theme park. We're not just a zoo uh, or we're not just a big aquarium. We are a theme park too. Uh, that was like their big staple in the ground. And, Taking the story out of it, uh, I think, really reduces the ride to, oh, wow, yeah, it was like, uh, it was really pretty. You know, it's a, it's a pretty ride. And for sure, yes, it is a pretty ride. Uh, I actually did shoot some on-ride video uh, on that ride. So if you want to check out the vlog, um, I, I don't have any of the, the on-ride shots of uh, the coasters because I didn't bring a GoPro or anything with me. Uh, but I did shoot some video on... Uh, Journey to Atlantis. So you can see some of that in our Theme Park Center vlog from SeaWorld. Uh, check it out. Um, but because there's no story, it, it just got reduced to, like I said, a pretty attraction. Not not something that uh, was immersive, really. Um, and I think that's very unfortunate because um, – what what worries me about that is normally when theme parks do that to their rides, it's a sign of the future saying, hey, ride this ride right now because it's not going to be here for very long. Uh, 
And that concerns me because that's really the only uh, indoor dark ride that they have that uh, is, uh, I mean, of course, they have Empire of the Penguin, but that's very family-friendly. It's a very uh, children-driven ride, uh, which is great. Every park needs that, but Journey to Atlantis is really like the only ride that they had that was indoors uh, for the most part. Of course, there's the drop, and it goes outside for the drop or whatever, but uh, it was really like the only ride that was more family opposed to uh, child-driven, something that was both thrilling and uh, immersive. Um, So it's just a shame that they did that, but normally uh, when when parks do – odd changes like this to their rides like uh getting rid of soundtracks or getting rid of story or uh whatever it may be it's usually uh a sign that they're planning on easing this ride out of the theme park uh dropping the attendance down on this on this ride in the theme park so eventually they can more smoothly transition into a new ride get rid of this ride and put a new one in uh so if you are a fan of journey to atlantis um Please get get out there and ride it soon because uh, although SeaWorld hasn't said anything about them uh, closing it, uh, there there are signs saying that it might happen soon, um, which is really sad because I remember SeaWorld was one of the first parks that I went to as a kid uh, just because it, uh, back in the day it didn't have these big theme park attractions. Of course, they had uh, Kraken. I think I went back in like 2001 or something like Kraken was a new ride. Uh, I was too young to ride it, of course, but Kraken was, uh, so sorry, I know we're talking about uh, Journey to Atlantis, but Kraken was actually one of the, the first, well, it was one of the rides that I credit my love for uh, roller coasters to, because uh, even though I didn't get to ride it until I was much, much older and uh, already a uh coaster nerd uh, it was the first ride it was the first roller coaster that I wanted to ride and I tried to ride it I went up to the thing and I was literally like half an inch maybe like an inch too short uh, so I wasn't able to ride it as a kid and I was so upset because the rest of my family was able to ride it so I stayed with my mom and then when my dad got back my mom went and rode it with my brother and uh, it was this big family event that I couldn't take place in, uh, that I couldn't have a part in. Uh, and it heartbro- I was heartbroken as a kid. I really wanted to ride that one ride, and we couldn't do it. Um, so instead, we rode Journey to Atlantis. Uh, so Journey to, the, to Atlantis really stuck in my head because I uh, distinctly remember, you know, you come out, uh, you like you crest over that hill, uh, and you hit the splash, and at the top of the hill, and then, you know, uh, also you, you turn the corner and go up uh, another lift hill. At the top of both those hills, you could look out and just see Orlando. You could see Wed and Wild in the distance, which, rest in peace, Wed and Wild. But you could see Wed and Wild in the distance. You could see Universal in the distance. distance. Um, and I, as a kid, was just awestruck because I had never seen... Uh, such a beautiful view of the city. That was probably the first r- attraction that I rode that actually got you that high up in the air. Uh, so Journey to Atlantis really made an impression on me as a kid, uh, and I would be really sad to see that ride go for that reason. 
But also with Kraken as well. Uh, I think Kraken is here to stay. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to get rid of it anytime soon. I think the failure of the VR uh, might have started talks of them replacing it eventually. But uh, that B&M coasters are notorious for sticking around. So uh, I don't think Kraken's going anywhere, but I would be ve- I'm very concerned about Journey to Atlantis. But anyways... We also hit up uh, Manta and Mako, as I said. I love Manta. Uh, Mako, on the other hand, I I do really enjoy Mako. It's just, you know, it's just a fun ride. Um, But I've been on several B&M hypercoasters, like traditional hypercoasters like that. Uh, And I would honestly say that Mako's probably one of my least favorite of the B&M hypercoasters. Um... Just because, one, I, I think the layout's pretty short for what it is. Um, it's a very short out-and-back kind of layout. Um, but also, because it's so short, uh, you actually have so much speed going over those airtime hills that instead of it being airtime like a zero-G kind of airtime, it's like a negative-G type of airtime where it pushes you out of your seat. Uh, and while that's fun, uh, that's not really the, the type of uh, amusement that... Uh, you typically typically get out of a B&M hyper. Uh, something like Nitro over at Six Flags, New Jersey. Uh, I mentioned that park earlier. Uh, that one is actually, I think it's regarded as one of the best B&M hypers in the world. Uh, but that ride is fantastic from top to bottom. It's almost a flawless ride. Um, and, you know, riding that and then coming over and riding Mako at SeaWorld uh, is a very different experience. Uh, Mako really does fall short in that category, but just as a ride on its own, if you put it in a vacuum and you say, just this ride, don't compare it to anything else, uh, it is a very fun ride. I love that one so much, but, you know, me being a coaster nerd, I really do, I think I overanalyze coasters sometimes. I, I, sometimes I, I think I, I just love them so much that I think I can be too harsh on them sometimes. But, uh, like there's, Right, right after the turnaround section, there's an airtime hill, uh, and of course it's an airtime hill. You're supposed to get airtime on it, but they have this nasty trim break uh, on that airtime hill as you're going up that it kills your momentum so fast. Like it is a harsh uh, trim break. Like it doesn't just trim you a little bit. It like slows you down by probably 15 miles an hour. It's like if you're riding in the back of the car, uh, like your back probably three rows the back three rows of the car once you hit that trim brick it's like it like it, it stops you it is a uh it's a hefty stop uh and it just kind of like ruins the like literally it ruins the m- momentum of the ride i get why they did it because that ride it had it's so fast and it has nowhere to go because it is such a short layout for a hyper coaster um it you know it goes it's hyper because it goes 200 feet up in the air. That's the classification of a hyper coaster. It has to hit that 200 mark. But because there's not a whole lot of track layout after that initial drop, once it hits that turnaround section, it has so much momentum still. You only have one. You only have two airtime hills after that before you go into, uh, I, I believe it's two airtime hills. It might be like two big airtime hills and one small uh, like uh, bunny hill kind of thing. Uh, but regardless, it's it. You only have a short distance before you go into a mid-course break run to finish off the second half of the uh, the turnaround section to make it back into the station. Uh, so of course they have to trim it, 
Uh, it just sucks that the layout is so short that they have to trim uh, because you have so much speed coming back that direction that they have to trim it. And that that trim, uh, it's not as noticeable in the front because it uh, the trim kind of hits right as you're cresting the hill, uh, maybe even as you're like just start going down the hill. Um, so you don't really feel the trim that bad in the front. It's definitely noticeable, but it's not like frustratingly noticeable. Uh, when you're sitting in the back of the train, it is uh, it's very very noticeable, and uh, it even like if you're not prepared for it, uh, I could see how it could even maybe even take the wind out of you because uh, it it slows you down very sharply. Uh, that's just that's one of my big grievances of that ride the second half of the ride i love because uh you get some beautiful views as you go over the water so you get to see out in uh to the lagoon of sea world uh which they have a beautiful landscape in sea world uh that is just a beautiful park i really think that the sea world and bush gardens parks uh they they don't get enough credit for how beautiful those theme parks are um so if you're someone like me who just loves to go and relax and just observe the parks, like I just love being at the parks. Like it doesn't matter if I'm riding all the rides or getting everything done. It doesn't like I don't have to hit up all the rides that day. Um, I mean, of course, there are times where you do that. You know, like if you're with a friend that doesn't get to go all the time, of course, it's like let's get it done. Like pa 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 pa, hit all the rides. Uh, of course, that that's uh, I I love doing that too, uh, and I enjoy. Uh, that that type of theme parking as well. But uh, sometimes just going to a park and just enjoying the atmosphere, uh, I, I love it. You know, I go to Universal all the time. Uh, I, I go to Universal more than any of the other theme parks. And uh, Universal, as you guys know, can get very, very, very extremely busy during uh, the peak seasons. Uh, but I'll still go because I love, you know, going to Islands of Adventure and just walking through Jurassic Park and uh, experiencing C Camp Jurassic and, uh, you know, walking out to the, the lagoon and just enjoying the views. Or uh, it's just the, the parks are so beautiful. Uh, and uh, SeaWorld and Busch Gardens are not an exception to that. In fact, I think they actually step up the game uh, when it comes to theming, uh, I think they're very underappreciated when it comes to that. Um, Bush Gardens is probably the prettiest park that's in Florida, uh, hands down. Uh, it competes with parks like uh, Animal Kingdom. It competes with uh, uh, SeaWorld, obviously. Uh, SeaWorld competes with all three of those. Uh, like, if you're talking about uh, the most beautiful parks in Florida, I think SeaWorld and Busch Gardens are definitely in the conversation. Uh, and also, uh, hot take, I think that uh, Volcano Bay is also in the consideration. Um, I know it's just a water park, but it to me, it is so much more than just a water park. Uh, that is a theme park that just happens to have water rides. Volcano Bay is so beautiful, so well-themed, and the story of that park is really interesting, too. Uh, if you actually spend the time to like uh, dig into the story and understand uh, the mythology behind the park, uh, it's really interesting, really cool, uh, and adds an extra layer uh, of immersion into that park. I, I love Volcano Bay, and I am going to be trying to hit it up again uh, 
soon. So if you guys are interested, uh, let me know. But also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, for any vlog that I may be doing uh, on that. All right, but we are pretty much at an hour long right now. So uh, I've hit the hour mark. I told you guys this was the waffling episode. We waffled our way through that that hour mark. I We did it. I knew we could do it, guys. It was fun, though. I loved it so much. Um, I could literally talk theme parks all day. Like, there, there's so much more that I want to talk about right now. Like, I just want to talk about so much more. I would love to dive into... Bush Gardens, some of my thoughts on that. Of course, we did a trip review of Bush Gardens last week. So if you haven't checked that out, or I believe it was last week. Was it last week? I think it was last week. Let me just double check that real quick. Uh, professionalism, we're going to check it. Yes, it was last week. Okay, so episode 10 uh, was our Bush Gardens trip review. Uh, so if you're interested in checking that out, uh, be sure to to go back to the last episode uh, to listen to that, but I could I could talk about theme parks all day, all day long. Um, but I'm really glad that you guys stuck through it on this episode. I really appreciate those of you who are still listening to this point. Uh, I I just love uh, that we get to talk theme parks together. Um, but join the conversation, please. Don't let it just be me rambling on for an hour about theme parks. Hop on over to our Facebook and our Instagram page. Uh, we're constantly on there checking uh, the pages, uh, having conversations and dialogues. And uh, So please feel free to jump over there and uh, communicate with us and give us your thoughts and opinions on the things that we talked about today. Uh, we talked about the Skyliner. We talked about SeaWorld. We talked about uh, Cedar Fair and Six Flags, their merger. We talked about Legoland. We talked about so much today. Uh, I know this was a lot more of a news-driven episode, uh, but I think at the end we got to a fandom kind of talk about SeaWorld. We threw in some stuff about Busch Gardens and Universal, too. Oh, man, I just love theme parks. Uh, I'm going to shut up because uh, we're, I'm going kind of long. But, uh, yeah, on the agenda, I definitely uh, – the, the next few things that I want to hit up – like, I am planning on hitting these up. Uh, I want to do Volcano Bay one more time uh, before, like, it gets cold. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to be doing that. And I'm going through withdrawals. Uh, I, I need to hit up Hagrid's a few more times. It's been, geez, it's probably been a month since I've ridden that ride. Maybe not even a month, but it's been close to a month since I've ridden that ride last. Man, that's such a good ride. It's probably one of... You know, now that I've gone back to Busch Gardens, I've gone back to SeaWorld, I've done all the other rides in, like, Disney again since uh, the last time that I've ridden Hagrid's, I really can't wait to ride Hagrid's again uh, just to, like, critically compare it to these other rides, see where it actually stacks up. Because right now, I'm saying, man, it's it's top three. Uh, like, it's definitely top five. I'm saying it's probably top three for me in terms of rides in Orlando. Um, man, I don't even know. I've ridden so many coasters around uh, the U.S. Uh, definitely not the world. I haven't been, like, I'm not that, I'm not that huge. Like, I can't afford to travel <laughs> that much to be able to say I've ridden coasters around the world. But uh, definitely, like, some of the main heavy-hitting attractions in uh, the U.S., I've hit a ton of them. Not all of them, but a ton of them. Uh, so I would love to be able to, um, really, uh, boil my thoughts down on Hagrid's because it's, 
top, it, it's definitely top five out of all the coasters I've ever ridden. Uh, it's that good. It is that good. Uh, and, you know, I've been to Cedar Point. I've been to Six Flags, New Jersey. I've been to Kings Dominion. I've been, like, I can keep going. Uh, some of the best parks in the U.S., I've been there. Uh, and Hagrid stacks up for sure. Um, so those are the two things on my, my uh, list that I have to get done ASAP. Uh, I would love for you guys to share your list. What, what are the few things that you have to get done ASAP right now? Have you done Hagrid's? Have you done the Skyliner? Have you done any of the new stuff? That Have you been to Galaxy's Edge? That's another thing. I can't wait to go back to Galaxy's Edge. I've been twice. We have two vlogs up on the channel. Uh, you can check those out. We went opening weekend. It was actually the day after open, but, you know, like uh, opening day. So we went. it opened on a Thursday. We went on a Friday. So, uh... We have that video, and then we also tell you about how you can get a free souvenir, a free souvenir at Galaxy's Edge. So that's another video that we have. Uh, so you can definitely check out those two. I can't wait to go to Galaxy's Edge again. Oh, my gosh. I just need to end this podcast. I've been ending this podcast for the last four and a half minutes. Uh, so I'm telling you guys, I'm good at, I'm good at rabbit trails. Um, I could go for another. I could go for another hour. Probably I can go for another two hours. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. I will, uh, but I won't. Uh, so that's going to be doing it uh, for us. Of course, I've dropped our Instagram and Facebook a few times in this podcast because I really do want you guys to uh, start this conversation with us uh, or at least join in on the conversation with us. Uh, but yeah, so uh, make sure you guys follow us over there. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, that's really where the, the majority of our content is going. Uh, of course, we have a new podcast that drops every single Monday morning. So uh, if not Monday morning, like if something happens, it's definitely Monday. So check Monday afternoon. Like I know the Bush Gardens podcast went up like Monday afternoon, but uh, we definitely get our podcast up on Mondays. We try to aim for Monday mornings. So every single week we have a new podcast. I promise you that. So uh, subscribe to our podcast feed on whatever platform you like to listen to your podcast on. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on Google. We are on Stitcher. We're on iHeartRadio. You name it, we are probably on it. So whatever tickles your fancy, uh, subscribe to us on there. Uh, and uh, leave a review if you can do so. I would really I would really appreciate that. It would uh, really help us out. I love to know your thoughts. Uh, if it's positive, that's great. If it's negative, I would love to take some constructive criticism. So please uh, feel free to leave your thoughts uh, and review this podcast. It really would help us out. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this is going to be... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I didn't say you could leave yet. Stop. Don't hit pause. Don't exit out of here yet because I got one more thing to say. I've been your host, Jonathan Holt. Thank you guys so much. You can follow me on Instagram at johnholt 96 links below but that'll do it thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of theme park center it's been episode 11 wow we are double digits as of uh, last week and this feels good i'm excited and i'm so looking forward to what we have planned for this podcast and our youtube channel in the future that's going to be so much fun and i can't wait for you guys to take this uh, journey with us so thank you guys so much for tuning in and i will see you and we've got a vlog. Oh, my gosh. I can't end this podcast. What's happening? Uh, we've got uh, another vlog uh, about HHN dropping 
uh, sometime this week. So keep your eyes open for that. Oh my gosh, I'm the podcast is about to end. Oh no, 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 no! I'm gonna stop the podcast. Uh, it's just gonna be. It's going. It's going too long now. Okay. Um, uh, vlog coming out on the channel, but yeah. So uh, keep your eyes open for that, and I will see you next week. Bye.